0: Hello, and welcome to the TTI Distribution Download, the podcast where we talk about all things happening in the world of electronic components with the specialists of TTI.
1: Okay, thanks everyone for tuning in today. I'm your TTI host, Minty Bautista-Hicks, and given it's my first time hosting the TTI podcast, I would like to share just a couple of things about myself with the listeners. I am proud to say that I've just celebrated my 15th year with TTI this past June. I started my career a few years after the Berkshire Hathaway acquisition in our business development sales organization and was privileged to have an opportunity shortly thereafter to work in corporate product. Within the corporate product uh, organization, I've held roles as a buyer and a product manager at the associate corporate and senior levels. And today I'm in the role of corporate product director. My team is responsible for TTI's military and high-reliability passive components, and our focus pertains to TTI's asset strategy and supplier relationships. As is the case, I'm always very interested to hear from industry experts such as Dennis Zogby, who's joining us today. Thank you, Dennis, for being here and for spending this time with us. If you could just share a little bit about yourself, that would be fantastic.
0: Hello, Minty. Thank you so much for having me today on the podcast. As you noted, my name is Dennis Zogby. I'm the founder of Pamanoc Industrial Market Research, publisher of Passive Component Industry magazine, and 20-year contributor to MarketEye TTI. Uh, I founded Pamanoc in 1988 to study metal oxide barista technology. I branched that into studying capacitors, resistors, magnetics and circuit protection and the raw materials consumed in their production. And I have studied their complex ecosystems with the strategy of all the support components for semiconductor
1: technology. Excellent. So given your expertise, Dennis, and and study of passive components, it's no surprise that you have a long history with TTI. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Oh,
0: yeah. So uh, TTI's founder and myself and his C-suite staff for the past 30 years have shared the same strategy of going to market with a focus on passive components. This we have in common. Uh, What I have found interesting about TTI during this time period is that other than our clear synergistic strategies on going to market is really with respect to TTI, how the distribution of enormous quantities of passive components differ than the distribution of most other products, regardless of end use market segment, And because of these sheer economies of scale requires organization through automation that results in a process that, at TTI that has helped ensure success and has become a model for other successful distribution businesses outside of high-tech as well. One of my, uh, incidentally, one of my favorite reasons for attending the electronic distribution show in Las Vegas was to see the TTI breakfast and to watch this tremendous success year after year, and uh, what this combination resulted in. And I still remember that first meeting for TTI Market I, uh, like it's uh, bottled water. You never know what might catch on, and certainly TTI Market I has.
1: That breakfast is really an incredible event. I understand that you also have an interesting story about how MarketEye was started. Would you mind sharing that with us?
0: Okay, so I began my work a long time before TTI acquired Mauser or were themselves acquired by Berkshire Hathaway. And I was, in fact, at the kickoff meeting for the development of MarketEye. And, I. and uh, to adopt this vision, of combining data with selling components. And it's sometimes in a career meetings like that from which great ideas and great success can grow. And this was one of those specific meetings. The idea of combining data and components uh, is also my vision and therefore in hindsight was a remarkably successful meeting for both organizations. You remember that at the time, it was all uncharted, but seemed like a logical solution. And I wanted to give a professional and personal nod of gratitude to Kathy Wilensky, who from my vantage point was always a solid foundation upon which this business model was built. So this digital solution eventually evolved into a complete online sales tool That was largely based upon a concept of being easy to buy from. And it remains to this day.
1: Indeed, so important. So speaking of change and evolution in our industry, there continues to be this discussion and concern related to sustainability. This is a topic that that can go in a few different directions. So, I'd love if you'd just help us unpack it a little bit. So, first, in the internal or, or business sustainability sense as it relates to ESG, for our audience, can you help define ESG and why it's an important initiative in our industry?
0: Yes. Well, ESG means ethics, sustainability, and governance with the expectation that trade companies who comply have visibility on their supply chains and ecosystems from top to bottom. And they're also actively encouraging their ecosystem to behave in an ethical manner and to support the development of raw material extraction and engineering processes that are in tune with the governance of the customer or the associations that represent them as a whole. This movement has been tied to the Paris Accords and in turn to green bond investing, but also requires keen management. One of my investment theses for mergers and acquisitions and passive components for the next five years will be this conflict that ESG compliance is creating for component companies that sell mil-spec parts. The D-N-S-H clause in many of these statements does not allow for mil-spec production. It's a hot potato.
1: So so that really touches on the internal side, right, of the sustainability in the uh, ESG sense. When we talk about sustainability externally or in commerce, we get into discussions related to China 2025 and Europe's critical metals plan. What are your thoughts on these initiatives?
0: Well, Industry 4.0, which is a European initiative, requires visibility down to the ground on critical raw materials. The EU has just recently passed their critical metals action plan, which requires them to enact certain measures to extract processes and recycle keystone metals for electronics. And this impacts TTI and all of those vendors. The area of overlap from my perspective and vantage point is that the three major industrial efforts are underway in China, in Europe, and the United States with respect to the CHIPS Act, all with an eye on the concept of sustainability will create tensions among ore sources and materials processing as we go forward. This requires keen management and folks who are receiving awards for ESG compliance should understand the large amount of effort that has gone into defining the sustainability and ethics portion of these initiatives.
1: Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really enjoy about our industry is that it's ever-evolving. Not short of new ideas, opportunities for continuous improvement. Um, And one interesting area relates to blockchain across a business network. What's your view on its impact
0: Right. So blockchain is a new concept that has lost some of its potency by its relationship to currency. However, the concepts of blockchain with respect to proof of stake and proof of work and some added key attributes such as non-fungible tokens do in fact threaten the underlying foundation of all brokerage and distribution in the future by offering the consumer a method by which all phases of the ecosystem are monitored by all involved and there is power in the group. And this will create a new idea and a new concept with respect to distribution of parts from ground to customer.
1: And this will be what we call a closed loop system. Super interesting. So I Dennis, I am certain that we could turn our conversation into hours of podcast material, but I, I do want to be mindful of your time and, and our audience's time. So finally, I'd, I'd love if you could talk us uh, through a bit on the concept of technology signatures and and the areas of their development.
0: So uh, yes, I want to make a comment about technology signatures myself, which Pomenok has a, my company, Pamanac has established through what's called provenance and utility, which means that I have been a continuous study of a specific subject over time. And the research from the continuing study has been successfully used by vendors in the ecosystem for years. In this specific instance, the data is related to capacitors, resistors, inductors, and circuit protection and the materials that are consumed, the ore sources for the metals, the ceramics, and the plastics. The technology signatures clearly show a deep web of patented developments over time, a gradual improvement at the granular level. Key areas of development have been in voltage, temperature, and frequency. And these are important milestones in product development and is what we use to measure exotic claims that come through finance or through special international trades. Most of these developments have come at the granular level and involve the controlled processing of powders and pastes, which has been improved upon over time through human in innovation and invention.
1: Just fantastic insights from you today, Dennis. To read Dennis Dogby's monthly articles on MarketEye, go to our homepage at TTI.com and click the MarketEye logo. This is Minty bautista Hicks signing off for now. Thank you, Dennis, and thanks everyone for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you, Minty. Thank you.
0: That's it for this episode of the TTI Distribution Download. For more information on any of the topics you heard about today, reach out to your nearby TTI branch at 1-800-CALL-TTI or visit us online at TTI.com.